Gunners Down Under podcast. You are here with me, Matty, and I'm joined this week by the BFG, mate. It's been uh, it's been a few weeks. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. And it has, yes. It's also been about 15 minutes today because we just recorded. Uh, <laughs> well, start. we didn't. We, we thought we are were we, recording uh, the start of the podcast. Are we on? Are we? Yeah, are we, we, we on now? now. Are we, it says it's we're recording. recording. It says it's recording. Oh, it's a professional sensational. setup here at Gunners Down Under. <laughs> the most professional yeah. setup. Um, yes. Mate, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm still doing good. Um, yeah, 20 minutes ago I was roughly the same. Um, we've had a little piece of uh, of, uh, of of the the start of the pod, mate. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing that. And obviously, with the recording now set up and uh, and running, we'll be able to share that with the listeners now. So, um, mate, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? It's good to have you back on, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, no, it's been all right, mate. Very busy, very busy. Lots to do. Um, it's nice to finally have a weekend that's a little bit quiet. So, yes. uh, you know, some time to in, insert a podcast into it. But, uh, mate, are you happy to have me back or what? How'd you go last week? Oh, mate, it was a struggle. If you heard any of the uh, the intro that I tried to do with Emilio, our, our special guest from Arsenal Sydney last week, and, and props to Emilio for, for hanging in there with me and... Uh, and uh, putting a, putting a good uh, um, pot up for us. Uh, he was really great last uh, last time around there for uh, Arsenal Sydney. Uh, but uh, he, he really held the show up in uh, in your absence, mate. I'm uh, I'm purely here as the BFG just to uh, just to keep things ticking over. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm relieved and glad to have you back at the reins, mate. Uh, behind the uh, the table there with the intro, all good to go, mate. Because uh, yeah, I don't think I can measure up. It's okay, mate. You're um. You know, you, you you can be the secondary option on a on a solid <laughs> podcasting team, but you know, you you're yes. just like you, you're just like Kyrie Irving, mate. You're not going to win any NBA titles with him as your best player. But if he's there as your second best player, maybe. Yeah. Maybe okay. you will, mate. But it, it, I'm going to take that as a compliment. I, I, it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I'm taking it as one anyway. So it's, it's a very topical talking point. <laughs> I'm sure it's something our, our guest this week would have some idea of because I know he's oh, a well man as well. <laughs> but um, yes, we do have a guest this week, and and last week, mate, I, I did leave you alone with um, some help north of the border, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I am back this week, and I've retained some help north of the border. It's, yes. uh, it's in addition, though. It's a three-man it podcast is. this week, so it's a little, going to be a little it bit is. easier for you, Chief. Yes. Um, so our guest this week, some of you may know him as Aussie Gunner on Twitter. It's uh, Elia from Sydney, the founder of Arsenal Sydney. Mate, how are you? I'm bloody awesome, guys. How are you? <laughs> hey, we're doing well, mate. Always doing fantastic. <laughs> Always fantastic. You know what? Any Melbournians that's got uh, the uh, Sydney skyscraper or, or, or the, the um, center point or the all yes. the wonderful buildings in the background and their logo you know what you're good blokes in my book <laughs> that's true mate it's the most recognizable skyline just about in the world mate so why wouldn't you exactly exactly no it's good it's uh as i um was saying earlier and you are recording now aren't you maddie <laughs> yeah, <I am>. uh-huh. <laughs> um it is episode 88 so it's about bloody time Yes, yeah, it's been a while, mate. Obviously, we've uh, we've had our fair share of guests over the journey. We are now, uh, we are now, we probably touched on it a little bit later, but we are four years into this uh, this gig, this fun uh, this fun thing that we do with uh, Gunners Down Under, mate. We've had a lot of guests on. We've had a few Aussies, but probably not as many as we would have liked. And uh, obviously, with the the topic of uh, of the uh, Sydney tour um, for the Arsenal, it's it's been a good time to sort of reach out and, and feel some of that passion from from the local fans here, and obviously getting yourself on uh, on this week to uh, to talk on 
on some of this, the, uh, the the things that you've seen and some of the stories you guys have got to share from the tour as well is, uh, is obviously going to be pretty uh, good to share with the listeners this week. Yeah, no, look, I can't wait. Uh, it's uh, It was a memorable occasion, and I guess uh, with 160,000 tickets sold in those two uh, matches, there's plenty of uh, Arsenal uh, fans out there in Australia that are you know, going to be awesome uh, to come on your show and share their own experience because it's... Uh, it is definitely a labour love for you guys, and uh, there's plenty of people that want to, um, I guess, be part of it. No, definitely, mate. It's um, it, one of the things you know really astounded me, and obviously we'll go into it a little bit as the podcast goes on. But being up there and you know seeing so many people, um, I'm sure there are some people that ever have a physical um, attachment, I guess, to the club. Maybe having be you know been English expats or something like that. But you know you would have had to assume there were so many people that have fallen in love from a distance. And I guess that sort of, you know, brings into it brings into the discussion your personal story, mate. I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're an Aussie, uh, born in Australia, I'm pretty sure. So a long way away yep. from, from London. So, I mean, there's probably yep. a, a pretty good story there that you could maybe tell the listeners about, you know, in terms of your love for Arsenal beginning. Mate, let's do it. All right. So, uh, yeah, born in Sydney, probably 41 years ago now, and um, I think it was a Sunday morning, four-year-old kid, 1980, um, sports mad at the time, mum used to put me in front of the TV and used to watch the uh, the VFL, um, uh, the rugby league, the rugby union, uh, any sport I was there, I was glued to it, I didn't have a father, so um, it was me and my brother George just uh, in love and sport, you know, at that time, and um, something on Channel 7 at the time, uh, it was a match of the day uh, program, which was a soccer highlights show. And um, at that moment, I switched it on. There's this team in yellow with the blue collars uh, called Arsenal. I'm like, Arsenal, that's an interesting name. Um, and they're playing this game. It's a round white ball. And they're kicking it. They're not throwing it like they're doing rugby league. And, but they've got the same colours as my rugby league team, Paramount Eels. They must be good. And uh, I just fell in love straight away to the crowd behind them. Like, it was the away fans, obviously our, our Arsenal fans, were chanting and flags waving and banners, and, and, and it was just, wow, mesmerising. I thought, this is my team. So you could imagine, you know, I've picked this team just by luck, um, but what I saw, I fell in love with. Um, so obviously as a four-year-old, I'm not going to go out, and, you know, this is 1980, uh, get Fox Sports and watch the games live or Optus now. Um, but I used to try and get my mum to buy the local Sunday paper or Monday paper, I should say. Um, I think it was the Sun. And look at the sports results to see if Arsenal was played and if they got the results in the um, the old first division at that time. And Arsenal was a mid-table team. So you can't call me a glory hunter. I mean, <laughs> in 1980, we had lost a European uh, Cup Winners' Cup final. Um, we lost the Liam Brady to Juventus. Um we probably finished around 10th for a couple of years. Um, we celebrated centenary around 86, 85, 86. Yeah. Um, so there was nothing special uh, in terms of results. Um, and then, you know, from 87, 88 onwards, we, you know, there was a couple of cups and then obviously that Anfield night. So um, in terms of the timing, it was by chance, uh, being an Aussie, uh, not English. Um, but I fell in love and... Um, you know, after 10, 12 years of trying to follow the results in the newspaper religiously and, you know, try and find a local uh, magazine that had an Arsenal feature of a player, um, then 
then um, as a 12-year-old, it came to the uh, last match, 89 season, Anfield away. Uh, and I was playing um, football at the time at 12s, and uh, it was on a Saturday morning in Australia. They called it the Friday night game in, um, in England. And it was live on Channel 9 against Liverpool. And as you know, Liverpool was Australia's team, so to speak. Uh, Craig Johnson was their um, one of their players um, who had scored in a couple of cup finals, has you know got some success, and um, and uh, here we are, last game of the season, and uh, not only do we win, we win two nil um, away, um, unbelievable. We haven't you know lifted a a trophy uh, or the title since seventy um, one, um, which was my favourite team, my favourite era, um, but yeah, amazing. So um, went to school the next week on the Monday. And um, wore something yellow and blue. I don't know, can't remember what it was. Anyway, there was uh, two other Arthur supporters back then. It was uh, Arthur Papadopoulos and Carl Winterstein. One Greek, one Samoan, and me. And um, <laughs> wasn't a glamorous uh, team to follow. Uh, everyone was Liverpool or some Everton, uh, Chelsea. Who are they? Tottenham. <laughs> no one. No one knew Tottenham. Well, they played like New Zealand. They had black shorts and white shirts um, on TV. Um, and and I felt awesome. I felt. Unbelievable! Like I literally was on cloud nine for us that um, that year at school, um, and then you fast forward into university when I was going to university around ninety four, ninety five. Into that come, and uh, so religiously I'm going on Arsenal dot com and trying to get you know information on players, and then Wenger comes along, and you know it's uh, wow, like this club is actually a pretty decent club. You know, I remember. You know, when we beat Palmer in the uh, Cup Winners' Cup, and I thought, wow, this is awesome. Um, and then, so the internet fans in Australia just started following Arsenal. It was just an amazing experience. And, um, you know, 98, we did the double. Um, and that was the first, I guess, step into the domino effect, I call. Um, and then 02, we did it again, obviously at Old Trafford. Um, and then um, in, in 2003, uh, Cup Final, and then the Invincibles. And then, you know what? Everyone, even non-Arsenal fans, fell in love with the Invincibles. And to me, that was probably the peak of being an Arsenal fan in Australia because I could walk down the street and see Arsenal kids for the first time. And that made me feel good because every time before then, I'd see someone wearing something red and white, I'd hope that Arsenal, and I'd try to become their mate and, you know, we'll catch up. And <laughs> Literally, that's how it was. It was, like, mm. very rare. Um, and then, you know, obviously Fox Sports uh, became a thing. Um just before the Invincibles, and um, you know they used to play the, to the live matches, and I thought this is the greatest thing on earth. And uh, so during this time, I thought, um, you know what, it is love by a distance, Benny. Um and and we probably don't get credit because we're Aussies, and you know England and Australia's always had this rivalry with the Ashes, and you know convicts coming over and all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> it's funny because True. they're the guys that have stayed at the country; it's freezing, and we've got the beautiful weather. But um, mm. put it to the side. Um, you know, how do we build credibility? Um, and that's where the idea of um, collecting um, Arsenal memorabilia started. Um, and I got my first kit in 89. I don't know how I ended up getting the 89 kit later that year. Uh, there was someone at school that knew someone that got something on a mail order through one of those magazines that, you know, in England, one of those soccer magazines. But at uni, you know, so as a 22-year-old, um, I bought a fake kit from Chinatown, and then um, I remember the Dreamcast one, it was like 20, 20 bucks, um, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to start collecting, so I ended up collecting kits, and um, 
probably about eight years ago, it reached to, I think it was about 132 kits. Um, sure. And it literally got, every, I got every kit, home and away, third European, whatever you want to call that third kit. Uh, it used to be called the European kit, and then they changed mm. it to the third, if you remember. Mm -hmm. um, from 1978 to today, except one that was never made for fans, which was the blue kit we played. Oh, the prototype, yeah. yeah. The, no, we actually played in this one. We Did played we? against RC Lens at, um, or Lawns, um, Robbie Slater will probably correct me on that one, uh, <laughs> at Wembley in the 98-99 uh, season, the Champions League, and they never made it for fans. So if you ever get this kit, it's a player's kit. Sure. And I've always been tempted to the, this year's away. In no, that looks so bastard, doesn't it? That 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 that, that away kit, that electric blue. Mm. You know, that reminds me of Burkamp or in '96. That '96 season, we had the the light blue, dark blue um, kit, and then we had the the lightning bolt version after oh, that. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 So those colours, yeah. We see it more dark blue is more of our colour, not light blue or this mm. teal. I call it yes. teal, sharp, sharp hornet's colour. But, um, uh, yeah, so I started collecting these kits. I, you know, end up with all these kits and I started collecting match programs. So I started collecting match programs and, uh, you know, from 1930, our first cup final, um, that we won against Huddersfield, right through to every cup final, we won a, a, a title or every year, uh, we won a, a, a title or every league cup, we won that cup, um, and a, and a, and a match ticket along with that. Um, and then it was memorabilia, like, you know, boots, match boots. Um, Cliff Baston, who was our Henri in the 30s. And, 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 and if people at home um, want to know the history, the 30s were the years, the golden years of Arsenal. Um, Herbert Chapman was the man that built our club, really, the modern modern club. Um, and, and some of the players at the time, um, you know, if there, was a, if there was a European Cup at the time, uh, we would have won three or four in a row. would have been the Real Madrid of that that, uh, that occasion, but you know, Cliff Baston's boots, um, end up, um, finding them. Um, uh, obviously the first kit with the white sleeves, um, is in the museum at Arsenal, um, signed by the whole team, given to Tom Webster, came up with the idea. Um, so, you know, my, my relationship with Arsenal, um, had to be from a collector's point of view because that was my way of, you know, contributing to, to following the club and the history. And I'm a history buff. So that's what mm -hmm. sort of got me to today. And then obviously, the dream come true for everyone is um, Arsenal turning up on our doorstep after 40 years. So literally, I was sort of born in nappies at the last time they were here. And then, you know, we fast forward to a couple of weeks ago and um, they've turned up here. And I, I just was so amazed at the the, 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 the reception that the fans mm. got from, 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 the, from the team, but also how the team conducted themselves. It was classy. Look, we've had a terrible... Um, season uh, some people think oh yeah we won another cup that's great um but in terms of you know going for it you know we still haven't held that uh, premiership and um so you know this benger out benger in um stuff i thought you know how's this all going to brew um you know pre-season in australia you know england doesn't really like us and and the way it panned out was amazing like seriously it was like you know you know yeah like a z scoring on debut you had a couple of players that no one even knew about Debuting, mm. um, you know, I mean, Reese Nelson to me, you know, he, he was top yeah. yeah. right. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, Nkatia, I can't pronounce his name, but that yeah. he, he stood out for me as well. Um, 
Br- Brummel. Um, Brummel. You know, Willick. You know, yeah. yeah, these these players like they're not everyday uh, names. You know, yeah, youth 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 players that have been around one or two years that have just signed professional contracts. But that showcase in Sydney for those players, that's what I think um, made me the proudest because it showed that there's more to Arsenal than what we sort of see in the, in the first um, 11 and all those injuries and, you know, all the disappointments and, yeah, great, we won another cup against Chelsea. But it was that. It was seeing these youngsters. And I think that's what we probably need a bit more perspective on is to understand understand that. But that, that's my story on, on, on Arsenal. And um, um, Arsenal-Sydney, and I have to sort of tag that on, is um, I thought, are there any other people out there that want to um, follow Arsenal like me, that are passionate like me, that um, have a story like me, and are willing to share it, maybe over a beer at a, at a pub. And um, after a couple of years, you know, we sort of toed and froed, and I moved to England and lived there for a couple of years, and made best experience of my life. Um, but when I came back, we sort of, um, I thought, you know what, let's do this with more people, because that's what it's about, people. Um, and literally, um, this dream of having this Arsenal clubhouse as a kid, and going to San Francisco <laughs> and looking at their pub, and then going living in London and looking at, you know, fans are so lucky, 60,000 turn up home matches and then some of them go away and I've went to a couple of away trips. Um, just the passion, getting them in a room, in a pub, having a sing-song, you know, um, giving their two cents worth of what's going to happen today. I wanted to recreate that over here. And um, we ended up finding a pub in Parramatta after doing a survey and um, it was central to everyone in Sydney, and um, we called it the Armoury. It was the commercial hotel, and opening night, we had about 330 fans turn up, and I could not believe it. I, I still could not believe it. My yeah. daughter, Sophie, turned up. Yeah, and uh, I just could not believe it. We did a barbecue, and we had the big screen going, and... What and match was on? Out. What match did you have on that day? Oh, it was opening season, opening game. Was it, um, was it Aston Villa? Did we lose? What, what year was it? 3-1. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. I remember now. Thanks, thanks, thanks for jumping on that, Matty. Jesus. <laughs> I can remember hey, the Celtic club. Hey, people lost yes. first, first games of the season, mate. Mm. Mm. And that was like I think, uh, three weeks after yeah. we signed Urzel. That's, that's right, that's right. Yeah. And that was another big rush. So we mm. ordered like, we, we ordered 150 kits. I think most of them were Urzel on the back, like that yellow kit. Um, yeah. But then we started getting like 300 on average to big games. I thought, shit, we've hit something here. And all these guys were all Aussies or expats or, you know, they were, they were such multi, so multicultural, so, you know, different in age. Um, yep. You know, the 89-year-old kids as well as the, you know, 56-year-old blokes and, and girls were coming along as well. You know, girls loved football and drinking beer. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And um, and we got to cup final. I ended up getting a ticket to go to Wembley. But I had organised this big cup final and I put a committee in because um, you can't, uh, mate, supporter clubs are bloody tough because you answer a million questions, everyone's got a lot of opinions, uh, but what, what's most important is doing things of a high quality. And um, so this cup final, they end up getting uh, 600 people out Oof. in Parramatta. Two in the morning. Guys yeah. from Melbourne, I remember Deep and um, uh, Dunuch had come up uh-huh. and got a call, and I was bloody in, I was in Wembley. And, and Eddie, <laughs> you went to Wembley because we caught up afterwards at the Collington, remember? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was um, I was watching it at the Tollington, um, the whole game. So yeah, no, that that was we were both over there in London, but um, mm. it was only you and me at the Tollington afterwards, wasn't it? Wasn't <laughs> there, was, there was no there was no BFG. No, no BFG. You know what? That mystery to me. I still, I still. I mean, Matty, <laughs> we caught up. We caught up 
two nights before the cup final, and I introduced some of my friends in London at that football cafe where we were doing yes. the foosball game. Do you yes. remember that? Yes, I do. And, 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 and BFG was supposed to turn up that night, and some excuse was created. I don't know what. And then I didn't get to see him after this, after we won the cup. I mean, this is a special occasion. So, so I like to know what the hell happened. BFG, over to you. Oh, I think Maddie's got the handle on that story. I, um, I'm just going to sit back and listen and, and relive the memories with you boys because it's a hell of a it's a hell of a thing to uh, to recall. Yeah, well, okay. um, in terms of the, the night at the football cafe, I think he was catching up with some friends or something. Yeah, the BFG, yeah, I think I was. He's yeah. a social butterfly and he didn't want to hang out with us, mate. So, you know, <laughs> well, I think we had a better time, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah so now we we the, the day of the cup final, we um we were you know we're up and we're ready to go and. And, you know, but we'd been out the day before walking around or something and an old mate had bumped into a few friends of his that he used to play footy with back in the day, right, apparently, because as, as every listener of this podcast knows, the BFG was once one of the oh, most premier semi-professional <laughs> in, uh, in, in football in this state. Um, probably should have been drafted. Should you talk some shit? What, you wore the white, the white V for Victoria as a kid? Uh... Oh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that ever came up uh, no, in. Uh, no, no, no. It didn't. let's just say no. No, yeah, no. no. We don't even. There's no. 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 Yeah. So he bumped into an old few old footy mates. He's like, "Oh, tomorrow before the game, I'm just gonna head out and catch up with the boys." And I remember right. saying, "You oh, know, we we've been doing this for the listeners. We went on sort of like on a trip, you know, together to a couple of different places. And obviously, you know, you don't want to be like." a nag or anything, you know, I mean, I, I was sure at that point in time he was getting enough of that at home, so I was like, um, you know, I, 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 from I'm you not, or? No, well, obviously not from me, <laughs> from, uh, from Mrs. BFG at that point, uh-huh. um, you know, so I sort of thought to myself, well, I could bust his balls a little bit, I'm like, nah, let him go, I'm like, mate, just make sure you get to the pub, like, with an hour and a half before the game, you know what I mean, because you don't want to get there and they'll lock you out, you know, right. you, it's once, once in a lifetime we get to do stuff like this, just, you know. Arrange your day accordingly. So off I tried into London, you know, to go to the pub because we had a few people we knew who were there and I'm sure, you know, they might be listening. Say hi to Amanda and Kay and they, they were there at the pub and a few of their friends. I think Giles was there as well. Giles. Uh, the rambling, rambling junior. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so I went to the pub and, you know, as as the hours and minutes are ticking down, I'm sitting there drinking with everyone and, you know, watching the pregame stuff and... I'm not big on pre-game, it makes me nervous, um, but this whole time I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, where is this guy? You know, where is he? You know, so it's starting to get to like 15 minutes away from the game, and oh, like, he's, man. he's still not here. And I'm like, I bet you he's done something stupid, he's got lost, you know, he's probably gone out and hit the piss real fucking hard, uh, <laughs> and he's just not coming, to, he's not coming to watch this. So... Anyway, the game obviously starts, and at that point I'm like, well, stuff it, whatever, he ain't coming, so, you know, I'll just watch with these guys. I'm sure wherever he is, I thought to myself, he'll be watching the game. If he's stuck somewhere, he's just going to walk into a pub and he'll watch the game, because that's what I would do. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. That would be the smart move. So anyway... Especially <laughs> if you've flown 10,000 miles. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, that, like that, and that's why... Well, just, for the game, yeah. Just on a quick segue, I couldn't even understand why you wanted to catch up with these guys rather than go to the game. Anyway, I'm like, mate... You know, you've come ten. Th- you've come all this way for this game. Screw everyone else. If I caught up with mates I hadn't seen for twenty years, I'd have been like, you know what? Get stuffed. The Arsenal game. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, yes. Obviously, it's made up. He's obviously system. made up. Sorry. 
It's obviously it's made up, theory, obviously. Right. So it's obviously made up, and you know the story gets crazier, and sometimes I doubt the legitimacy of it to this day. But <laughs> we'll, we'll let Let's hear fans, it. We'll let the fan or fans or fan or however, like if there's, five, <laughs> if there's one of them, whoever listens to this, same guy in his basement clicking download over and over again. Um, Is that George Hong? <laughs> <laughs> no, he hates us, man. No, yeah. Stay away from my Facebook okay. page, George. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, is another one. So yeah, so um, you know, eventually the game's over and we go through all the emotion. We we win the game. I admit that I had a little bit of a cry in the beer garden afterwards because I'm emotional when it comes to sporting events. So I don't mind. I don't mind admitting. Oh, man. So um, after all that, you know, we're drinking and we're enjoying ourselves, and you know, I sort of about an hour after the game, I thought to myself, "Geez, this guy's still not here." You know what I mean? So I, I thought he would have made his way over post-game. But whatever. So I bump into Ilya, and I'm sort of having drinks with him and some of the people yep. I was there with. And then um, I think you hung around at the Tollington, but me and a few of the guys that I were there with went to the went, actually went to the Emirates to drink around the stadium, um, which is probably illegal. But, you know, so we, we were drinking <laughs> with the statues, and, you know, just there, there was people... <laughs> It was people on the roundabout. It was it was fantastic. It's like something that oh, the best feeling, amazing yes. feeling. I I think you were just getting a front row seat for the um, mm. the next day's um, uh, bus um, right, oh, yeah. mate, that was, bus parade. That, that was I followed the bus around and eventually got really good spots when they went up on the podium. It was it was it was fantastic. But um, but yeah, now for people who don't sort of understand like it's it's sort of a bit more blurred maybe in nrl you still might get this a little bit because i know there's like you still got your local grounds and areas still follow teams yep down here you don't really have so much of the area like the region it's not zoned off anymore yeah anymore so but when you're in north london and we won the cup like everything is red and white the the shop windows every car that goes past there's people in the horn yeah, yep. it, it's ridiculous. Like the area is owned by that club, and like I said, you probably still get that to a degree with NRL because you, you do your, your local grounds and, and things like that. But it's been a bit, yep. um, it's been it's dissolved a little bit down here in terms of uh, of AFL and um, and local football. But um, and I'm getting goosebumps as you're recollecting. I'm getting goosebumps oh, right now. Because it just takes you back to what I experienced, mate. It's a hell of a story. Share your story. Share your story. (laughs) It is, it is. But, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, this all happens, and I end up um, managing to catch a bus home. Uh, I didn't get too tanked because my sort of strategy on this stuff is I want to be able to remember it. So I was like, yeah, you know, look, cut off the night at a certain point. You've got the bus ride tomorrow. So I get home, or to the apartment that we're staying at, and he's not there. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know, so I sort of go, I go to go to bed, and I'm lying down, and I'm sort of playing with my phone for an hour, and I think to myself, because I didn't want to go to sleep, so I'm starting to think to myself, at what point do I just assume this guy's dead? <laughs> do I have to call his wife and say, listen, I don't know where he is. He's probably dead. You know, um, do I leave? You know, do I catch my flight? Is, is, yeah, like, what's the, uh, what's the etiquette here? Yeah, Yeah. so, look, it was like four in the morning be- beside, before I let myself go to sleep. I'm like, oh, you know what, I'll deal with it tomorrow morning. In typical Maddie B fashion, I'm like, look, this is a tomorrow problem. We'll get some sleep, we'll wake up, and if the issue is still present, then we'll deal with it. So I go to sleep, I wake up, but I wake up in the morning, I've got this text on my phone from him, and he's like, came in, drink got spiked, don't wake me up sleeping. And man, I'm going to go to this open top parade, but like, and maybe in hindsight I should have woken you up, but I was like, you know what? He asked me not to, and the text yep. was really short. Like, it was kind of like passive-aggressive, so I was like, all right, man, whatever. 
So I go downstairs, <laughs> I catch up with Amanda, our friend, and I go watch the parade. It's one of the best things ever, man. It was, uh, you, you were there earlier, I'm sure. It was, it was amazing. Mate. Man. Like, it, oh. No, no, I, 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 as I said, I've got goosebumps. You take me back to one of the greatest moments in, in, in my life. But I want to hear the ending of this story, and then I'll share you my version. Not with BFG, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I go to this parade, and I, you know, because we're flying out um, the next day. So I sort That's of say right, yeah. my goodbyes to the, to the friends we have over there. And um, I go back to the apartment, and I, I'm sitting in the apartment on, on the couch. Because we hired out one of those Olympic apartments that they built in uh, Ilford, which... Um, yeah. Is a hell of an area, by the way, G. That was uh, that was. Nice. <laughs> it was pretty hairy, mate. We had some fun through there. Oh Jesus Christ! I remember when we, we first got into the area because I I let here I let the BFG do all the book, and I'm like, yeah, Daisy, you handle that stuff. Just tell me how much money I owe you. I give you the money. And when I got off, when I got off the train into the suburb, I'm like, great. Whoa, we're where have you die. taken us? We're gonna die. That's great. <laughs> but the apartment itself was beautiful. So anyway, I get back to this apartment. I'm sitting in the apartment watching TV. I was probably watching two pints and a packet of crisps. Oh, taking me back to yeah, buddy. Jesus. Everyone over there hates that show, though. I know, but I thought it was great. So I'm sitting on the couch, and this guy bursts in the door like Kramer, and he's like, I haven't seen the game. I don't know who won. Don't say anything. And I'm like, okay. Yep. So I'm like, where were you? And he tells me this story, and this is this I guess will let you tell exactly what happened there. But he tells me what happened to him, and I'm sort of like, I can't believe this. I'm like, yeah, you don't know who won. He's like, I saw people in whole kits. I don't know what happened. You're That's wearing right, an Arsenal. Yeah. You're wearing an Arsenal polo, but you could be wearing that for any reason. He's like, I don't know what happened. So like the yep. like the mate that I am, I said, all right. But this Let's is, watch this, this game. This is a kind moment on Maddie's behalf, I reckon. I was like, sit down. Yes. I pulled out my laptop. I'm like, we're going to watch this game from start to finish. And yep. I'll, I'll, I'll react as if, as if like. We're watching it together. With you and we'll watch it. And mate, when we were 2-0 down, he's looked at me and he, you know, I, I, he's looked at me and gone, mate. And I just sort of looked at him blank face and went, mm. Mm. You know? I was like, dude, dude I don't want to watch this if we're going to get fucking. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, mate, you just got to sit and watch the whole thing, mate. That's what you got to do. He's like, all, all right. right. And so we lived through it. Via yep. the magic of uh, Arsenal player. That's right. Yeah, we did. That is yeah, the we, oh, story. Of that. You, actually, Matty, you did very well to mask any because I was living it like for the first time. But you'd obviously been there and, and seen that like previously at live. And um, mate, I, like I still remember that night sitting there watching that on that you know that little screen, the replay or whatever. And I'd had the hell of a 24 hours or so before that. It was really, I mean, it, for an, as an Arsenal fan, it was obviously one of the best 24 hours that we've we've ever had. But for me personally, to you be there, it. <laughs> I, I, it's just a complete fucking uh, tell us what days. Happened. Tell us what happened. What you remember? But I've only got uh, bits and pieces, mate, that I've collected from stories uh, from people that were there on the night, mate. But um. Yeah, we we were out having a few beers with a couple of the footy boys that I um, obviously caught up with while we were over there. Uh, things uh, obviously yeah took a little turn, and we started to uh, to hit to get a little bit uh, further into it than I probably should have, mate, because I probably should have left uh, a long time before I did to come to the Tollington like I was always going to plan to do. But um, boys being boys, mate, one more beer is going to be uh, going to always happen, and uh, I had that one more beer, and uh, things went south pretty quickly, mate. Um, the last thing I sort of remember was uh, looking down at the bottom of my glass and seeing a couple of empty plastic sort of 
they looked like wrappers. It looked like someone had put a wrapper in the bottom of my class. And, uh, yeah, it was, there were two empty tabs. It was like, like pharmaceutical tabs that had broken off or whatever. And they'd just been floating in the bottom of the glass and then all hell broke loose apparently. And, um, yeah, they, uh, they kind of had to toddle me straight off and, uh, and get me out of there. And, uh, I ended up on a couch, uh, back at one of the boys, uh, rooms there. We sort of had a little share room going and, uh, he nursed me back to health and, um, yeah, he, he sort of kept me uh, from from going crazy because apparently I was in a bit of a state and and not in a real good place and they were they were pretty close to uh, to to dialing the triple uh, nine uh, to get me uh, some some attention but uh, I think they kind of didn't want to deal with that uh, on top of what they already had with me so uh, so yeah so I stayed there until um, I tell I you what remember- though watching the result with uh, with Maddie obviously yes. gave you some comfort. Yeah, well, I, I kind of missed the whole thing, and then when I realised that I'd sort of missed it all, I, I tried to do my best to uh, to keep my head down and just look at look at my feet walking around because I could see people still wearing kits, uh, obviously because they'd just been like to the pub or they've had a bit of a night out and they're still wearing the same gear as as when they sort of watched the match or whatever. So I was trying to keep my ears blocked and my head down just to get back and uh, and try and watch this game. Um, you know, without trying to find it, was spoiling the result. And when I got back and Maddie, uh, Maddie uh, was sitting there, and I said, "Look, mate, um, I've had a pretty rough 24 hours, but uh, I still don't know the uh, the result on the game. Any chance, uh, you know, you could do your best not to let me know until I've watched the game." And then Maddie did uh, did a great thing and, and sat there with me and uh, and and lived it all over again. Um, so you know, and then obviously I uh, I said, mate, look, if we're two nil down and this is going, you know, isn't going anywhere, <laughs> let's just fucking go home, mate, because this has really been a shit twenty four hours. And if I see the Arsenal lose now, mate, that's just going to really put a fucking a bullet, you know, at the end of this uh, at this uh, trip. So let's just get it over with. Uh, to his credit, he said, look, mate, just stick it out. We've come all this way. You might as well do it now. And you know how much worse and can can things really get? So um, that was kind of it, and. Um, uh, yeah, you know, we got there in the end, and we, obviously we had the victory and, and a great little story uh, to, to boot. So um, that was uh, that was our first trip to London, and <laughs> uh, one that we're probably never going to forget, mate. No, not well, you don't remember much of it, but well, yeah, good on you, mate. That's, that's right, yeah, good stuff. Good on you, mate. What a good friend sure. you are. Indeed. No, mm. I, I still feel <laughs> bad about. Oh, no, I, I still feel bad bringing up the game and the parade in front of yeah. you. I don't yeah. like doing yeah. it because, like, I sort of yeah, feel like, hurts, oh, man. you know, he, he didn't, he wasn't there, so I feel, I feel horrible. <laughs> if someone's like, "What's your favourite sporting experience?" and he's right next to me, I'll be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, premiership or something." <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think he understands. I mean, it was, yeah, it has to be, it has to be the greatest sporting moment for yeah. Arsenal fans. I mean, it was nine years before we last lifted that um, FA Cup, and the last one we did was against United in the penalty shootout. So, you know, uh, this one was drama. So, sorry, BFG, for ah, no worries all at all. the tribulations we went through. Yes. Obviously, obviously, you got the result in the end. You just weren't watching it yeah, live. Not live, yeah. And, and, you know, these things happen in life, mate, but um, oh. here we are talking about it. That's right. That's it, mate. And obviously, you've got a little uh, little uh, aspect on it from your point of view there, too, E. Oh, seriously. Matty, uh, 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 that emotional point an hour and a half after the game at the Tollington... That's when I bumped into you, and I think we were just hugging, and, and I don't know, it was just pandemonium, and 
And then we, I've got a I've got a selfish ass blog. He was smacked off his head. It was fun. <laughs> Everyone was just drunk. It was happy. It was a happy place. I was with Curtis from New York, um, the New York um, Supporters Club. There, me and Curtis and his and his wife and and um, I think Tim was there from AST, who I went to the game with as well. Uh, he had come to Sydney uh, six months earlier and, and came to the Armory. Um, oh, it was just amazing. But I just remember. At about four o'clock, I think it was around four o'clock, that I ended up getting on a bus to head back to where I was supposed to be, up you know, North London somewhere, which was sort of borderline Tottenham area. And um, I get home, and um, and I didn't see anyone in this house. I think the, the door was open for me. And I said, you know what? Stuff this. I'm just going to go back out. So I changed clothes. I think I changed clothes. Um, I had a big cup of coffee um and i um caught the first train out um and uh went to the 12 pins oh yeah yep at finsbury park and that's yep. where i had my breakfast it was a beer and i literally made <laughs> everyone and you know he's this mad aussie wearing this kit i'm wearing the 93 kit that we won the cup double um signed by the whole team with 14 on the back of it was um uh, someplace, can I remember it was wearing forward at the time. Um, but they're all sort of like, wow, that's a kit. Why are you wearing that kit? I said, oh, I've got a couple of kits at home, so I'm celebrating a big moment. And literally it went from there down to the Gunners. And then the, this group just got bigger and bigger. We ended up having like 40 people in this group just drinking. And um, we ended up going to 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 the stadium and then, you know, we saw the, the, the bus come along and, and Jackie doing his bit on the, on the stage and then I got to the Pipe Corner, mm-hmm. and I re-met with Juno on the road, who I was doing an interview on with Sky on top of this hotel at Wembley with him um, and these <laughs> Arsenal fans. Like, yeah, I just can't believe all these things were happening. Like, two days before that thing was happening, I ended up in the house of Frank McClintock. One yeah, of the great captains of all Jesus. time. I, I had a beer with him about two, three nights before that, right? At his local yeah. pub. Yeah. Thanks to Andy who was staying at his place in, in North London. Um, and he goes, mate, we had a chat for like two hours at this pub, right? Just talking football, talking Arsenal. He goes, mate, for an Aussie, you know so much about Arsenal. Here's my number. Come to my house tomorrow. I want to give you something. I'm like, did you just say that? And Andy comes over and goes, mate, just put the number in the phone here. So I've turned up to Frank McClintock's house. <laughs> I've knocked on the door with Andy. He opens the door. His wife, sorry, opens the door. Lovely lady. She walks in. She goes, oh, you must have been mad Aussie. I said, yeah. <laughs> You've already got a reputation. Already. Like, literally, me and Frank are hugging. I'm giving him kisses on the on the cheek. We're talking <laughs> football, man. He's, this guy, literally, if you want to know about football and his story and what he did for Arsenal, you've got to know about this guy. He That 70 first cup team that we won, that 71 double that we did, he was the guy that brought that team together. He brought that team together. And we had what, lost so many cups before then. And had not won that something for like 17 years before that. This was the Arsenal. So he was the man, you know? Mm. But I'm at this house, backyard, and he's giving me his match boots. He's giving me boots. He gave me two pairs of boots. <laughs> he signed all these pictures to Ilya, to the Sydney Gooners. I'm like, I'm in awe. I was like, it was my scarf. <laughs> but anyway, go to Wembley. We've won it. I'm next to, we, we're down 2 nil. I said, oh my mm. God, I've come all the way here. Yeah. We're down 2 nil in 17 minutes. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm sitting next to um, Tim Payton from the AST who got me the ticket. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm going shit, 
And then there's all these guys back at an event that I've organised in Sydney. Yeah. 600 fans, like the biggest turnout of any Arsenal group in, in Australia in history. They'll be turning the place upside down. Yes. And, and here I am. We were losing. Uh, yeah. and, I <laughs> and I see yeah. Frank Pintock's son after the game walking out of Wembley with the scarf I gave his dad. Good luck, I gave you guys. And he goes, yeah. Um, And then, you know, it was just a blur, literally, you know, uh, go to the Piper Corner, caught up with um, with all the guys there, and we're just drinking whiskeys there. And Paul opened up a whiskey for me. And, and, you know, literally four hours of drinking after Mm. the the day, like literally I had no sleep, I jump in the car and I go back to a pub, say goodbye, and I'm at Wembley, at the airport, on a plane back to Australia, right? Oh, this right is back. on a Sunday afternoon, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I sit next to, no kidding, a guy with a cull kit on. No way. <laughs> there's space, there's me, there's him. And I said to him, mate, <laughs> we've, we've been in the cup final. I said, good on you for keeping the faith in your team, but I'm going to give it to you for 24 hours and you just laugh. <laughs> Literally, we got to sit there and... We're sort of waiting to get our passport stamped or looked at, whatever. And I said, mate, it's been a pleasure. You're a good football guy. I'm a good football guy. You know, mate, you know, good luck for the season. And that, to me, was the icing on the cake, that it's all yeah, about football. A- and it's Australians doing a, uh, a pilgrimage, regardless of who you support. We travel the furthest. We pay the most. We are at so obscene times of the year. Mm. I mean, no one suffers like us. And then to go through all those disappointments, and then to finally see your team lift a trophy, that is one of the greatest moments of my life. So, Maddie, thank you for raising, you know, the, the memories of um, <laughs> your experience and of the BFG's uh, absence. Yes. Uh, yes. I understand now. But, you know, it, it, Arsenal's put this, this beautiful sort of moment in our lives and I'm very, very thankful for it. No, no, same, same, man. It was, it was such a, an amazing trip. And uh, But before we move off it and on to current events, you know, for me, it was just... Uh, Incredible for I mean, I always laugh because at the time when we booked the trip, Daisy, um, yeah, we did we were really in the title final. race, you know, we were yeah. in the title race, like, well, maybe we're going to get to see us push hard, and everything was falling apart. And I remember yep. sitting there going, Jesus, you know, we've booked this trip, and and everything's and, gone know, to shit, and, yeah, and they've just collapsed. And then we had that semi final against Everton, and we were mm. at um, we were at the Celtic Club for that, and yes. when they won, and it was just sort of like. And that wasn't the semi, that was the quarter, wasn't it? That was the quarter final, yeah, semi. We were there for the semi, yeah. The semi was against Reading. And, uh, you know, I just remember um, going, oh, my God, you know, these guys could be in the cup final when we're there, you know, and it was just that realisation that we might get to be there for that. And obviously, by the time we got on the plane, they'd already beaten Reading. So, you know, um, yeah, it was fantastic. But, you know, then it all sort of comes full circle and, you know, um, I I guess what we should talk about now is, is the fact that, you know, uh, only a few weeks ago for the first time in what was it like 40, 40 years? years yeah 40 years mm, 1977 yep that's yep. right so they saw exactly 40 years the first time in 40 years that uh, Arsenal have have you know set foot on Australian shores and you know the last few years Australia has sort of become a bit of a destination city for some of these big European clubs you know we've seen Chelsea come down we've seen United Liverpool. come down Liverpool have made it sort of a, a regular stopping place the last few years you know Manchester City have come down Barcelona Barcelona. At Real Madrid. Did Barca come down? Uh, Real, Real Madrid came with yeah. Roma for that international champions trophy thing. meant to be coming at some point? I, uh, I don't know, mate. Um, no. But, yeah, no, you're right. Real Madrid came down. Um, 
you know, so it has really become these European clubs are really starting to tap into the Australian market and you know, Arsenal seemed to be the odd one out, you know, the one that hadn't come. I mean, even mm. Spurs. Yeah. Down here, you know, so yeah. Yeah, tainted. Uh, but but finally, this season we got it. And, you know, um, you, being there, just looking at some of the media coverage some of the other teams got when they came down and what they did or more specifically didn't do with their fans when they came down, you know, um, obviously it comes from a, a point of bias to a degree, but I think the way Arsenal handled this tour and what they gave to the fans while they were down here is, is in excess of what any of those other clubs did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You could, you could tell from the, moment, from the moment they rocked up at the airport after 20 hours straight of flying, it was just all about engaging with the fans, making sure that, you know, nobody was neglected or ignored or, you know, everyone got to have their time, you know, to see the guys you know, getting off the aeroplane and getting into the car and getting on to the hotel and all that, you know. And right from that moment when they rocked up, uh, everything was just done with, from my point of view, just with, you know, the utmost respect, with class, with dignity, and, you know, just, just the whole program that they, they laid out for the week or so that they were here. Um, it's just a real, you know, just a testament to, you know, what sort of a club, you know, we are really supporting you know and, and like he said earlier in the thing you know we really uh, during the season we might only see what we can from you know foxtel and from you know the media or whatever you know most people have a bit of a dig around but you know usually it's not uh, it's not going to show the full depth of, of what the club is really about and, and to sort of see that firsthand um for a lot of us is uh you know is is a great thing and obviously there was a lot of great stories to come out of uh of the the, the few days that they were there in sydney and um you know, there's there's more than a few that we could share on the pod today, but uh, I guess um, e, you've got uh, you've got a few uh, great moments that, of course, you would you'd like to share with uh, with us and the rest of uh, the fans out there as well, mate. So, you know, how did you mate, how did you see it? I'd I'd love to share it. Um, I, as I said, um, 40 years, my God, you know, this is this is we've been talking about it. Like the Arsenal Sydney guys have been saying for the last couple of years. Let's start a petition. Let's get Arsenal in Sydney. Let's get the hashtag going, that sort of stuff. And, you know, it was like, uh, it was too big of an idea, too big of a dream for, for yeah. some of them, you know. And um, I said, look, Chelsea's calm, you know, Real Madrid is calm, Roma's calm. You know, even bloody uh, Rangers and Celtic and, mm. and uh, you know, it was a Blackburn or, I don't know, some, yeah, some a, of the smaller... Everton, yeah. 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 I mean, we've had we've had football teams tour. But why not Arsenal? You know, we, we, one of the most entertaining. I guess we haven't won much, but um, that Invincible's still fresh, yeah? Mm. Um, and it happened, you know, the announcement happened. I actually know from someone that we actually were supposed to come a year before, but it didn't happen. Yeah, and, same, and, and, same, and I'm not going to share same. anything about that, but there was a bit, of a, source, yeah. a bit of a glitch somewhere. But anyway, mm. um, but I remember my friend calling me up, Carl, we just think. My friend from school calls me up, goes, uh, mate, you would not believe this. <laughs> Arsenal coming to Australia, and he's the one that's looking at hotels for the team. I said, you're kidding uh, me. And the next day, I think we had a Champions League game, and we all went to the casino, Star Casino, and he introduced me to the CEO or the head of commercial for Arsenal, the guy from ANZ, who is running well, the ticketing, the man who's running the show, and two other fellas. And I'm like, wow, I cannot believe this is happening. Um, and then, you know, we fast forward to, to the moment. So, yeah, I've lived in London. I've gone to many home and away matches. Um, I've 
you know, my, my wife was working at O2 at the time. So, you know, being the sponsor of Arsenal, I got to be in a, in a box or two. I met a couple of players. I got on the piss with Ray Parler one night at my Christmas party. And <laughs> we've been in touch ever since. I even called him a year ago saying, mate, I need you to come over to Australia. He goes, mate, the club might send me over. I said, mate, if they don't, I'll fly you over and we can do, you know, a couple of events. He goes, mate, no problem. Awesome. So, you know, all this was happening and I thought, you know, this is awesome. But then I said, you know, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to act as if I'm that five-year-old kid again or that four-year-old kid again. <laughs> and I'm going to relive this but through my daughter's eyes and my son's eyes, Sophie five and Jack two. So I didn't, I wasn't one of those that went to the um, airport at five in the morning. It would have been 10 years ago. But this time I said, you know what? If I'm going to experience this, I'm going to experience it through my kid's eyes. Because I want to go back to when I was the kid, when I first laid my eyes on Arsenal. So, um, you know, I saw the photos of all the players meeting the, the fans at the, at, the, at the airport. I thought, this is amazing. How classy is Arsenal? And then I came across Rohit's story when he met Ramsey. We'll talk about that later. And then, you know, the, the, the fans, you know, camping outside the hotel. And everyone's saying, oh, they might be here, they might be there. It was all this buzz. And, and all these players were doing signatures and, and, and taking photos. And Wenger was doing it too. And I thought, wow, they're on a real mission to be as accessible as possible to show that the long time waiting is going to be rewarded and the, and the long night you know, on the couch is going to be rewarded by actually meeting these players. And that just blew me away. Because obviously, you know, as I said, the results got a lot of people upside. So... You know, someone smart at Arsenal says, you know what, we have to do this classy. We have to win the fans back and we're going to do it through hearts. And they did. They did a way above and beyond the other clubs that have come out here. And and what was even more important for me was seeing my kids enjoying it. I mean, we got I got into the Emmets race. You know, there was a race where you yeah. enter it in competition. I got into that. And mm. I said, I'm not going to run around like a madman trying to get all the players their selfies and then, you know, get these two class tickets to Emirates. I'm going to walk around with my kids and we're going to go slowly one by one. And I want my kids to actually share that moment. And we end up getting um, to a Wobi. And we had a good chat. Even though everyone's mm-hmm. on a time limit, we had a good chat. Then Ox, I had a chat for at least a minute with him. And the screw guy's going, come on, go. And I said, mate, I've got two kids to get photos with. And he was <laughs> like, mate, you're a legend sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Ozil was the greatest. Um, they did a video. Everest did a video. And I'm in that video where I'm pointing at him, going, mate, you are a legend. He goes, thank you, good luck. <laughs> and Jack's in my hand. And he said to Jack, you're a good boy. And I thought, here's a guy mm. that came to us for Real Madrid. And, you know, not many players have come from Barcelona or Real Madrid. And they're the, you know, they are the top of the top. Who who has sort of been sweet and sour with fans. When he's been good, he's been awesome. When he hasn't been good, he's been a waste of money. And mm. to meet him as a person... And to see how good he is, and this playboy image was nothing that I saw or felt, and that's my instinct. Mm. And I thought, you know what? What a decent club we've got. And my kids are enjoying this moment. And I've got photos with these guys, you know? And I've met Henri, and I've met players, and I've been to the training ground, I've done all... But that, to me, was amazing on home soil in Sydney with my kids. Um, and, you know, and I'm sure there's thousands of um, other... Uh, you know, uh, versions of their sort of uh, time with Arsenal here, but but it, it just made me feel so awesome, and um, and it took me back to when I was that kid watching them for the first time, and it was reminiscing, and and you know, as I said, um, it, it did it very classy, and um, it got the football world on side because when that article came out saying Liverpool 
this is what you should have done and you didn't. That's right, yeah. And you're supposed to be Australia's club and we did it a thousand times better, you know, yeah. and you know we did a good thing. So, you know, it's like the history or the past or the results of the season was sort of to one side and that was yeah. to move forward. And then, yeah, obviously, the next bit was um, I went to the kit launch. So um, I got into the kit launch as a VIP, uh, thanks to Puma. And um, obviously, my kit in the in the museum um, is an important sort of uh, reason to that. But I was with Anthony Golick, the ex-Wanderers uh, player, now Mariners player, who's also the Arsenal Sydney ambassador. And um, got to see that. And that was amazing. And I seen Giroud in the kit and... And, and, and some of the players on stage and meeting the um, uh, the announcer, the stadium announcer, um, after the event. And we had a chat for about half an hour. I couldn't believe how mad Arsenal supporters were. And this is a guy who's at the Emirates, you know. Every who, week, yeah, you know, pretty much. Every week. This guy mm. is the litmus test on, you know, how mad fans you are. <laughs> and he couldn't believe it. And Robbie was there and Ray was there. And I laughed at Ray. And Ray, I said, Ray, I'm not getting a photo of you. Everyone's lying out for Ray. I said, Ray, look at this whole photo we took, you know, eight years ago. He laughed. And I had my tie my work tie around my head and I bought him a double crown <laughs> and his um and his partner and it was just the most surreal thing to see him again, you know, but on, on home soil and and then the matches. I mean, uh Maddie, I know you went with your dad and I was supposed to buy your dad a beer, but I am sorry that I did not do that and I still owe him one. Um but we did catch up at the at the pub at the at the Blues pub at um the Angel Stadium and it was just an amazing atmosphere. It was a, a it was a cafe pub, so it was really sort of Quaint in a way, it was. Um, it wasn't a sloppy, messy sort of thing that you'd probably get used to in, in football. This was, you know, a DJ playing with good music and everyone's sort of happy and, you know, there was room to move and it was, you know, packed. Um, and um, my kids were there with me, you know, Sophie five, Jack two, and we got to the game and Arthur, Papadopoulos again, texts me. He goes, "Mate, have you seen this? You're a legend." I'm looking at it, I go. The match program, last page. <laughs> I'm in it. And I got to change it. In the match it. program. <laughs> in the match program, right? Perfect. I'm in it. And my mate, who's at the ground from school, Arthur Papadopoulos, has sent me this text. I show Sophie. I said, we're going to go down and buy some of these match programs. So I bought a couple of them. And she's like, um, how is my dad in the match program? And she's like, I can't believe this. So I've got a photo of her pointing at me in the match program. And this is so surreal. My team, and I posted it on Facebook. I'm sure you guys saw it, but I said, mm. the greatest moment of my life, watching Arsenal play live in my hometown with my kids mm. and in the bloody match program. <laughs> I was literally here. So, yeah, you can't, so can't beat me, it. Mm. You, you cannot beat that. You cannot beat that. Whether we venger you know, in, venger out, blah, blah, blah. You know what? We all have a personal connection and relationship with Arsenal and that for me was it and um, by the second game against Wanderers we were second row behind the goals in the Arsenal active section and Jack, a two year old kid is chanting Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal <laughs> and moving his arm and I said that would have been me, mm. that would have been me as a kid So, and my brother who's turning 40 that night is next to me with my daughter Sophie it was just such a, a, a most serendipitous family moment mm. you know and this is my club uh, i believe in karma and uh, it just it, to me it sort of all came back to me like that and i've been very very um thankful for it and um i'm most fans in australia have and i, and I hope Arsenal don't come tomorrow uh, next year as well because it will just lose its shine 
Um, mm. Unless, of course, we win the Premiership and they want to show off the trophy. And then I think, yes, that would be <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, we probably swing that, yeah. It's very important that we bring out a solid team, unlike some of the other teams that have come out with their reserves or some of their players rested. We did bring a strong team. We did do 10 um, substitutions against Classy. I mean, like I said, um, debuted and, and scored. Um, you know, we saw a couple of youngsters rip up and probably were standout players. We saw our opposition um, try to play, you know, as, as good as they can. And, and Redmayne obviously was, up to me, man of the match for the FC. Absolutely. Had he not played, had he played, it would have been, you know, 10 nil. Yeah. Um, and the Wanderers, you know, uh, they're, they're in off-season. So, you know, uh, it was a bit of a hackathon, to be honest. Um, mm. But um, it was good to see Arsenal try and overcome that because when we play Northern sides, where they do try and hack us, we, we sort of come undone. Yeah. Against Stokes and, and Sunderland and so uh, and, and the others. So so it was good, a good test to see how the youngsters would um, go about that. So um, to me... That was my sort of take of um, Arsenal and Australia, but, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm still at nine. Exactly, mate. It sounds like it, sounds like it was a pretty, uh, pretty great time, obviously, with a lot of, you know, uh, nostalgia there for you, especially like with the next generation coming through with your own kids there and, and seeing them sort of, you know, get that excitement of the first time that they've seen the Arsenal and, you know, being able to live that in the flesh rather than, you know, than having to, like, capture the moment uh, on Foxtel or on a, on a live stream or, or at 2am or something like that, mate. It's, it's obviously a lot better that uh, that they can do it that way live and uh, and at the stadium, mate. So um, I'm sure that that'll be a lifelong love for them now too. It, it is. I, I, I kitted them up from head to toe, kit, short, <laughs> full kit wanker, but you know what? Yep. Uh, they yeah. were in the element. They loved it. They loved Kids it. And I'm not... I'm not I've not pushed it on them. They've loved it yep. themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, that's no, so all up. It was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the I, I was I was in behind the goals as well in the active area, and I was wrapped with you know the fact that uh, the it, little things like you know everyone's standing for the full game, which is something you know um, you, you you sort of don't get at some of those exhibition games, so to speak. People buy their tickets; they just want to sit down. But I think um, it was well organised. Yeah, from a volume standpoint, once again, in terms of those sort of friendly style games that I've been at, you know, there was a lot more singing than you normally see. I mean, you know, like the Liverpool games and stuff like that, you know, like they mumble through Y and, you know, WA. And One song. You know, they, they don't give you anything for the rest of the game. So, yeah, no, it, was, it was fantastic. And, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, the action on the field, we got to see a few nice goals. We got to see a lot of first-team boys strut out, you know, um... The two A-League sides gave a decent account of themselves considering, which is probably good on one yep. hand for Australian football. You know, you um, you, you want to see those teams not get beat like 10-0, but you still want to see Arsenal score a few goals. So, mm. yeah, no, it was it, it was good football. And, you know, like we, we touched on earlier, good to see some of the younger kids, you know, guys like, um, you know, Reese Nelson look fantastic. You know, uh, the, the the younger of the, the Willock boys, obviously. The yeah, Joe Willock. Now. Yeah, Joe, because the other Willock, yeah. Now. Yeah. Bramall, yeah, those guys decent, all look yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, we're we're well into the preseason now. Like you said, we're only a couple of weeks away from you know the, the first league game of this new campaign against Leicester, and we've got the Community Shield not far away as well now. Um, you know, the preseason's back on on home soil in London. They're uh, they're back to full training this Sunday. I think they're uh, obviously the training will kick off after the Emirates Cup. Uh, everyone's back on board. We've seen a few photos during the week of the guys running around at London Colney and, and all the rest of it going through the motions. Uh, how are we feeling about preparations 
now that the tour of Sydney's sort of wrapped up, are we sort of feeling like uh, we're in a good space as far as the squad's looking? Or, I mean, you know, there's obviously been a lot of conjecture around a few players at the club and, and where their futures are going to lie, but uh, I guess we can touch on a little bit now um, how we're sort of feeling ahead of the, the new season. Look, it's all it's all a bit up in the air at the moment, isn't it? I mean, um, mm. it's uh, I think it's really on a on a, a knife's edge, to, to, you know, depending. Like how the how the outlook is going to finish is on a knife's edge. I think you know we're in a, a very precarious position where depending on who goes out the door, it can change things very quickly. You know you've got the situation with Sanchez, who I think you know we'll get into in a second. But I think most people here are probably going to be expecting the same outcome. You know regarding that, you've got the the situation with Ox. You know Özil um, probably seems the surest of all of them, but even he hasn't signed a new deal yet either. And then, uh, you, then you've got to then decide, you know, if these guys go out the door, who comes in to replace them? Yeah, there's a lot of guys in the squad that it seems like the club don't want, who, uh, funnily enough, we're finding it hard to get rid of. You know, after two situations could do a bit of a flip yep. there, that'd be fantastic. Mm. But, mm. you know, yeah, it's, it's um, look, I'm not thoroughly confident going into the season of where our squad is at the moment. I think there's a few things to, to happen. And given that it's the 29th of July, um, it's a little bit of a concern. What's the first thing you want to see happen then, Matty? Like, if you woke up tomorrow, you hadn't watched the... Well, obviously, there's a game tonight with yeah. um, with the Emirates Cup. But, I mean, what, what's, uh, from a off-the-field point of view, what's the first thing you want to see happen? Honestly, um, I just want to see these futures resolved. So, you know... Um, I'm probably in the camp that I would sell Alexis. I think that um, if he's not going to be here, uh, <laughs> if he doesn't want to be here anymore, I'd probably move him on. We've had this discussion. I take a very pessimistic approach to this uh, area, and that's that. It's um, not pessimistic, mate. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. You know, if I felt that we could win the league under Wenger this season, I'd say, you know what, keep Alexis and make a run for it, but I don't think we can. So I'm just going to, I'd rather go, you know what, sell him to PSG for 50 mil. Go get Lamar for 60 if that's how much they want for him, whatever. Because at, at this point in time, players' values are just dictated by the selling club, you know? If you want to buy a player, everyone's like, oh, can you believe that clubs are spending this much or that much? If you want the player, pay what the club wants. So that's what I'd do. I'd want to get that situation resolved, get Alexis out, get Lamar in, figure out what you're going to do with Ox. If Ox doesn't want to be here, I'd probably sell him as well. And once again, go get someone else into that squad. And then at that point, at least you've got some certainty. You know what I mean? You know the team that you have. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I have to agree with you there. Um, I, lo- I just love how we, we talk about um, what we all think. I mean, opinions are <laughs> everywhere with Arsenal. And, mm. and, and I just laugh because, you know, these players' names who we might be linked with, all of a sudden, because I've played on FIFA, I know that he's a good player. And I never, <laughs> I never get involved in that. And I'll tell you why. Because we don't know. We don't know how it all goes on. What we do know is the history. Arsene buying players this early in the transfer market is completely different to what he's done in the past. So he's doing it for two reasons. Either he's learned from the past, which probably makes me think, no, he hasn't, because he's done <laughs> yeah. that so many times before. I was going to say, yeah, 20 years we've seen it. Yeah. Season, okay? yeah. What I really think is happening is he's bringing players in first this time, because he's trying to get the top dollar for the players going out before the season starts or before the transfer window ends. Mm-hmm. So that's changed. And, you know, on the Lexus, yes, probably one of the best 
players we've had in the last 15 years, once Andre had, had left. I mean, Fabregas had a moment there. RBP was on fire before he went to United. But Sanchez seems like a very frustrated player, a very, very talented player. Um, he's South American, so he's got a, he's got, you know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, can he be placated by similar level of talent being around him, which he feels um, isn't the case, and Wenger probably can't do that because we're not that type of club. We're not a City or a Chelsea. Um, you know, there's stories about him staying on for a year and getting to go for free. I mean, how stupid can that be? At the end of the yeah. day, the guy doesn't want to be here. Oh, but he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player, but he's not going to be a passenger. He's not going to play at the same levels. So he's going to actually be more demanding on the pitch. And if he's yeah. more demanding on the pitch and he hasn't got the talent around him, and by the way, Arsenal has not had this level of talent for a long time. If you look at the squad in terms of its talent from back to front, it is bloody good. Mm. We've gone through some horrible teams in the last, you know, since the Invincibles. We've gone through some horrible teams. You know, we've had <laughs> the likes of, um, you know, and we thought well, they were good. I mean, Fleb, when he, when he was there, you know, he wasn't the solution. Um, but anyway, Shema. I'm going to go through that. <laughs> oh, Shema we had some months, yeah. Six months and then went. <laughs> so, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, Diaby uh, has hung around for so long, you know, in, in, in a wheelchair. Uh, you know, and then <laughs> Sort of asked the question about, you know, Wilshire. I love Wilshire. He's Arsenal through and through. Um, but those injuries, you know, what do we do? Do we give up a, one of those 17-year-old kids spots that have come through to the, to the first team? Because yeah. we've unearthed three or four in this tour already. And I remember seeing him play at the Emirates Cup, Jack. And he was, like, on fire back That's in right, uh, yeah. 20... yeah, back in 2010 or 2011, 29, something like yep. that. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And I thought... This is the next greatest player to come out of Arsenal. Yep. And look at what you know what we've seen. So Sanchez needs to go. We need to we are the selling club too. I mean, if you remember, Man City came and took about five of our players. That's right, they did. At big, big transfers. I mean, Adebayor, what he what we got for him was bloody huge. Um Nasri, um, you know, Shuray. Yeah. Um so so it's not like we haven't done that before. Um, and we, um, you know, selling to rivals, like, come on, guys, everyone's a rival today. You know, like, mm. you know, oh, don't sell to City or don't sell to Chile. Hey, if you give me 70 million for a player that's worth 40 million, I'll bloody take it because I'm going to go and buy another player, hopefully, um, that's going to be just as good, but probably even better in a certain position that we're probably lacking. Um, and I think you've got to understand that, that is football now. That is football. Mm. So, you know, uh, defensively, I mean, playing for the back three, Surprised everyone last last season, and that's proved successful. You know, even played El Nemi at the back there. So I'm not sure he's going to tinker with that because he's got a couple of options there, right? Mm. And uh, the, the the Bosnian tanks come on board now, so <laughs> yeah. we've lost, okay, yes. in, in the past seasons. So mm. I'm going to throw a bit of a prediction here. I think if Wenger was willing to go to a back three to salvage our season, I, I think we might be playing with two up front. I think he might tinker with that as well. I think I think I think Wenger's reached that point where, you know what, they're expecting me to leave soon. I'm going to just mix it up a bit to see if it does bring a result, and if it does, and we're going to win something. If it doesn't, then they're going to bring another coach in, aren't they? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, that's well, well, you know, that's a whole discussion for another 37 podcasts, but. Yeah, look, um, I, I tend to agree with most of what you say. Look, there's a spiteful part of me that doesn't want to see us sell a player to someone in the same league. Look, it's mostly for me to get them out of the league. Like, uh, a player like Sanchez, 
you know, um, you don't want him playing for another good team in this competition, I guess. But at the end of the day, look, I've become very pragmatic with this sort of stuff nowadays. When I was younger, I was like, oh, no, don't sell Fabregas, don't sell Van Persie. You know what? If they don't want to be here, I don't want them playing for my club. I don't want a player at my club that's not invested. And that goes for all the teams that I barrack for. If you're not invested in wearing the shirt, I know it's a job, but if you don't care, if you don't want to wear my club shirt, then don't play for them, you know? Get him yeah, out, move on. Collect the yep. money. You know, even the get someone in that, picture, that is. You know, mm. I, I know it's just this again. Little picture he puts out the sick picture when he's. Oh uh, yeah, that's. I did like that. And I remember sooking. I mean, uh, earlier I was sick sooking to Daisy all of last season. You know, whenever we were losing, <laughs> and he's throwing his gloves on the ground. Everyone's like, he's so passionate. It's like, mate, nah, he's you're, one of, you're one of eleven. You, the, mm. team <laughs> the team doesn't lose in spite of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't just sit there and blame everyone else. It's a team effort. And with the way he was mm-hmm. throwing his gloves and gloves and storming off, if I was a player in that team, I'd be sitting there going, "Get fucked." You know what I mean? Like I'm. Well, apparently that's team. what happened. That's what, I think that's what happened during the season, though, Maddie. I think there was a bit of that yeah. behind the doors stuff, and that's kind of what I think he got left out of the Liverpool game. Yes, yes. During the season, I think that was yeah. off the back of a little bit of you know him just training. Yeah, he needs to pull his fucking socks up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but look, yeah. you know what, guys? Let's put it. Let's let's just be our devil's advocate for a moment. Mm. The guys carried his country, Chile, to a um, what's that? What was what's that? South South America. Copa America. Copa America win in mm. the USA against Argentina. Mm. Okay, this is Chile. Yeah? yeah. All right. This is not Brazil. This is Chile beating Argentina. So he is thinking in his head. We've achieved one of the greatest things in football history. Why can't mm. I do that at my club? That's what's in his head. And he's just come from which club? Which club did he come from? Yeah. yeah. Barcelona. I'm All right? But he is at the top echelon of winning big things and coming from big clubs. So his expectation is going to be much bigger than a player yeah. that's 17 that's coming into our team. That's going, wow, I hope I get a professional contract and play two or three games this year and see how I go. It's so, the kind of mentality you really want at your club, isn't it? Well, it's, it is a, it is a kind of mentality you want, but we don't, we don't compliment players. We always have star players and everyone around. Yeah. Henri, okay? When Henri yeah. was the last two years of, our, of, our, of that post-Invincibles team, he looked around and goes, there's no one here. Yeah. We dismantled that Invincibles. That is one of the worst times to ever dismantle the greatest teams of all time while building a new stadium and transitioning to uh, another sort of era. Like, that transition was the worst thing that could ever happen to Arsenal. It was just, was it badly managed? Was it too focused on the stadium? Whatever it was, we struggled for a long time, and we're paying for the consequences still now. We still haven't won that thing since then. So, so in terms of man management, all these players that are off contract, like you're saying, Matty, we need to re-sign these players, or we need to get them out. Because that lingers on. It does, you know. It lingers on. I just can't understand how we continually. I mean, you know, we've been over this before, Daisy. Mm. You know, we continually come to this point where players, uh, you know, I I just don't see it happening to other big clubs as often as it happens to us. You know, where we continually get um, get winded down to the last year of these contracts, and you know, it becomes an issue for us. I mean, Oxlade Chamberlain is probably the only one you can forgive because at the start of last season, I was like, I don't know, sell him. 
You know, he'd barely mm. done anything for two years. I was like, look, just sell him. And then he had a good year, and it's like, oh, would have liked to hold on to him. But, you know, letting guys like Ozil and Alexis, who we've built this team around, effectively, you know, exactly. running for those. And we're still building this team around Ozil. You know, when they bring in their Alex yeah. Lacazette, Lacazette is the perfect foil to a Mesut Ozil-style player. So if Ozil decides to walk away... You know, mm. it, it, it the wheels fucking fall off pretty quick, yeah. It, it, it does, and Urzel know. knows that. Urzel knows I'm that. Sure and, he he does. And, his, and his agent knows that. And when they're negotiating, <laughs> they talk about that. So, what I'm saying is, you can't hide from anything in football. No, you can't. Especially in our boardroom, okay? So, rather than balking at these things, we need to bite the bullet, left or right. Either we work on a deal with PSG and get, you know, Alexis there for, you know, 70 or whatever it is. Um, and we re-signed Ozil. And uh, you know what? I think Ox has still got a, a part to play. Because yeah. at the end of the day, yes, he had a good, sort of good last six months and before that, it was sort of a bit shaky. And the year before that, he was um, up and down. But he's never been a pick himself into the first 11 type player until the last sort of cu- last couple of months. And, and when he plays for England, like Jack Wilshere, when he plays for England, when they've got more space and, the, and you know, a bit more talent around them, they actually are playing, they play their, their socks off. So... How do we try and recreate that in our setup? Because our setup has always had this fragility at the back with our, our, our defensive end, um, not being able to do what we want to do with our, uh, our attackers. And then our midfielders are a bit confused in terms of how we link up. And that's one thing I'm not sure if you guys noticed in terms of the games in, um, in Sydney against Sydney and Wanderers. Our link-up play between our wing-backs and our, and our forwards is actually quite good. Our midfield, our, from, from back to front, we actually played well with each other. It was very fluent. Uh, it's like Kozola was there. That's what we missed when Kozola was not playing. It's how they link up to each other. It reminds me of when Cole was playing for us before we went to Chelsea, um, how we link up down the flanks. Um, that's that's what I saw, that, and that's what I want to go back to, because that's what we used to do well. Um, not this very too, too rigid, too structured style of play. I think we've got enough players now that can be very creative, and Ox is that creative player. We just need to give him the reins to do that. Mm. Yeah, I think he's probably more one that we we try to hang on to for another season or, or get time down for for another year or two on a contract just to sort of see what he can what he can do with you know with a with a full season under his belt and you know just see if he's going to work the role, though. long term. Yeah, in, in, in that the role, role BFG. Yeah. It, it can't um, be like what we do to Ramsey. We yeah, don't the move back, him around. Yeah. You know, or when we 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 hounded Ozil out of the club because we're playing on the wing. You know what I mean? Mm. The yeah. guy plays ball. He plays at his feet. He can't be on the wing. So, so you know, we create these issues for ourselves, and and, and I think Bingo plays a big part in that. He chooses the, the team, he chooses the formation, um, he, he he obviously chooses the players that come in. It's how he formulates that 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 side on the day, and that's what's caused frustration, I think, because yeah. fans are the experts now because we're watching the same thing happen again. It's Groundhog Day. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, I don't think anyone. I mean, I'm sure some people do, but like, I don't see myself as some sort of football savant. It's just that when you, you know, you you see the same stuff, it just sort of becomes obvious, doesn't it? You feel like, well, you know, I don't know exactly what the problem is, but it seems to me that there's a quite an obvious one because it's the same thing every year, you know. So yeah, look, I mean, at this point in time, it's I think, you know, the next month is probably the most important month. Um, in in Arsenal's history for quite some time, I think. Uh, what happens in the next 30 days is really going to shape not just this season, but the immediate future following it, you know, maybe the next few years, because, 
you know, there's there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake, and um, you know, we're not really in a position where we can afford to lose Özil and Alexis. So, yeah, the the I think we should definitely get a deal for Alexis, and we have to sign up Özil. Whatever whatever happens to Ox is whatever happens to Ox, but we we have to sign up. Yep. Özil. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yeah. The fact that we've got like a Z now makes Özil the number one buy, and makes us cash in on um, Alexis. And that's fine because, the, you know what, the benefit there is the while we lose talent and, and class, we actually win back the, um, the dressing room. And I think if you go back to those sides that won championships with Arsenal in, in, the, in the late 90s, um, in the mid, late 80s, um, during the Vincibles sort of era, um, they will all tell you that they had the most unified um, dressing rooms because they all want to play with each other and want to be part of a team. When you start having players who get a bit big for the others, um, that's yes. when they stuck down on their motivation, and and that's a disadvantage to us. It's not a disadvantage to Chelsea and 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 and, and City and United because remember United started buying more players. I mean, if they hadn't bought enough last season, they're buying even more this season. So the 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 the, the competition is getting harder. Yet our dressing room is not United. You need to get rid of this person who's not going to be playing the same game. Yeah, agree, uh, agree. You know, you've got a. And it seems to me like a guy like Özil is happy is is happy at the club, uh, which is why I think that that's your primary target to keep. Because I think that you know for him, I just think he wants a little bit extra money. And you know that you know people can sling around the mercenary tags all they want, but mate, when it comes to money, you know everyone's it's a job, isn't it? But I, I think that as far as being at the club, I think he likes it there, and I think the other players like him. So if we can work that out, that'd be you know fantastic. Great. All right, boys. Well, I reckon that'll be it for this week until um until we next catch up and uh, <laughs> the uh, the the Emirates Cup and you know depending yeah, on how we'll... long it takes us to have another podcast to transfer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should be right now, right, Matty? Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would think so. <laughs> I, I spent ninety bucks on this mic, so let's hope that we are. It's pretty nice. Yep. Yeah. Let's uh, let's put it to some good use then. Yes. Fantastic. So th- thanks, Elliot, for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Mate, absolute honour. I really enjoyed that. Um, probably went a bit over uh, your time limit, but... Um, ah, that's all right. You know, hey, it was well, a great I chat. That was a great chat, and I think we touched on, I guess, the, the Arsenal coming to Sydney and and uh, what's coming up for the for the club. And I think um, hopefully the listeners out there um, have a good listen to this and then um, get an opportunity to come on the show, and I'd love to come back um, whenever you want me. Right, we'd love to have you back on, yeah. It's been awesome. Absolutely. Beautiful, guys. I love your work. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I love yours too up there in Sydney. Yeah, good, dude. Thank you. All right, no worries, mate. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.